to Season 1, Episode 10 of Interior Creature in Communion. Blessed belated Beltane to those who celebrate. I'm Jacqueline Michelle, and I am so honored that you're here. This week is another solo episode because the current cosmic weather is so eventful, it begs to be discussed. So today I want to talk about this week's lunar eclipse in Scorpio. I want to update you on this Mercury retrograde period and discuss Pluto going retrograde yesterday, May 1st. So let's get into it. This week, the cosmos are active. So let's dive right in and start talking about this pair of eclipses. Now, eclipses correspond to the north and south lunar nodes. And the lunar nodes are always sitting 180 degrees from one another across that wheel of the zodiac. Eclipses themselves are portals between the old and the new. They symbolize death and birth, the closing of one chapter and the opening of a new one. And the themes of the eclipse can be determined by looking at where all the planets in question are at the time of the eclipse. I love using human design as a lens to do this because we can get really specific on the theme by narrowing it down to the gates that are at play. So just a couple of weeks ago, we had the first of these eclipses, a solar eclipse, on April 19th and 20th. Now, it depends on where you were in the world, whether it was on the 19th or on the 20th. Here in Tucson, it was on the 19th. It started at 6.30 p.m.-ish in the evening and ended like right before midnight local time. So obviously, it was not visible in the sky from where I was. At the start of that eclipse, both the sun and the moon were sitting in the final few degrees of Aries in Gate 3, the Gate of Ordering. Gate 3 is one of the gates in human design that spans two different zodiac signs, with the first few lines governed by Aries and the final few lines governed by Taurus, which in turn kind of impacts how that gate's energy is expressed because Aries energy and Taurus energy is very different. Gate three is all about how we navigate change. Do we embrace change and just dive in head first and just go with the flow? Or do we take that time to really kind of see how things are evolving and steady ourselves and just patiently prepare to adjust according to those new circumstances? So over the course of that eclipse, the moon moved from Aries, which again brings that fire, that initiation, that forward movement into Taurus, which brings the steadiness and the groundedness and the stability. So the North Node was and still is also in Taurus in Gate 27, which is right next to Gate 3 on the Rave Mandala. Gate 27 is the gate of caring, and that governs our close relationships. It governs the people that we nurture and that we care for, and the people who nurture and govern and take, or nurture and care for us. It governs that kind of energy. So in the wake of this eclipse, many folks have reported experiencing big shifts in these kind of relationships, with Gate 3's Taurus energy literally preparing us to navigate the way these relationships are kind of evolving and shifting, the doors that are closing, the doors that are opening, with the anchoredness and steadiness and groundedness that's required. This week's lunar eclipse is the fifth, and the moon will be in Scorpio in gate one, the gate of self-expression. This gate is all about our creative identity and perspective. The example I always use for this gate is the artist Andy Warhol. He had gate one in his chart. In fact, he actually had the full channel of the channel of inspiration, as well as gate eight, the gate of contribution. So when you see a Warhol, even if you're not an art history person, like you can notice that that is a Warhol. It's like unmistakably his. He had this really unique signature style and each piece of his, whether it was a, you know, like the Brillo boxes or one of his like silkscreen prints, like it was imbued with a sense of like his personal vision, right? It was unmistakably a Warhol. And what's cool about him having that full channel of inspiration is he knew how to make his personal expression, his creative vision manifest in the world via his artwork. And so there are so many different ways that Gate One can manifest. It doesn't have to specifically be artistic or art related, but I think it totally makes sense that Gate One is ruled by Scorpio, Scorpio being the most intense 
elements of the water signs. I always describe Scorpio's energy as like a cauldron of boiling water. It's passionate, it's intense, it's it's emotional, but it's also a bit mysterious. And it brings this energy of like emotional intensity to this gate and to whatever it touches. So it's asking us to get really passionate about our own creative vision, our own creative self-expression. Now, the South Node is also in Scorpio right now. It's in Gate 28, the gate of the game player, which sits really close to Gate 1 on the Ray Fondala. Now, Gate 28 is also passionate and intense, and it brings those vibes to the way we calculate risk. So this eclipse is asking us to get really serious about which risks are worth taking and which, frankly, aren't, especially when it comes to honoring our own creative self-expression. Now, the South Node in orientation here is actually really interesting because in human design, the South Node correlates to our childhood. Now, personally, I think this eclipse is asking us to think back to how risk-taking, especially around our artistic and creative projects and like our signature style, how was that modeled for us as a kid and how did it manifest in our lives when we were children? So like, for example, did you have a parent maybe mock you mercilessly when you really wanted to wear that hot pink rhinestone strapless two-piece dress to prom? Or did you have a teacher that told you like you could never be a novelist. No one makes it as a novelist. It's stupid to major in creative writing and like discouraged you from following your dreams. Because a lot of us did have, you know, parents, role models, teachers, caregivers, you know, when we were at that impressionable age, like in, I guess like their intention may have been to like protect us from the, you know, cruelties of the world. But a lot of times it did feel like they were trying to like make us smaller or softer or, or not let us step into the full expression of who we are. Or maybe you had the opposite experience. Maybe you had parents, teachers, caregivers that wanted you to take those risks you felt called to take in order to live that life that felt fully creatively self-expressed. And maybe that was something that you felt like you were able to kind of try it for yourself and see what worked and see what didn't. So I think this eclipse is closing a door on letting anyone else dictate to you what risks you aren't aren't allowed to take when it comes to your own creative self-expression. And it's urging you to really open a new chapter of really stepping into your own kind of signature style, your own creative, artistic, you know, embodiment of who you believe yourself to be. And to tie this back to the previous eclipse's themes, like maybe there were some relationships, you know, via Gate 27 that needed to shift and change in order to make room for you to really embrace this fully authentic version of yourself. So gate 28, remember that's where the North Node was sitting. That was reminding you that truly mutual nurturing relationships aren't actually mutually nurturing if you feel like you have to censor yourself or make yourself smaller in terms of your self-expression for someone else's comfort. Like that's not honoring you. That's not a mutual relationship. And it might be time to close that door and let something else that's more mutually nurturing, mutually supportive take its place. It's now been a little over a week since Mercury went retrograde in Taurus. This retrograde period started on April 21st and will run through May 14th. Retrogrades, regardless of the planet impacted, can be experienced as disruption, but not all disruptions are necessarily bad. Retrograde periods interrupt our autopilot habits and behaviors and encourage us instead to slow down, reflect, reorient ourselves, and readjust as needed. I think they are perfect opportunities for shadow work and deconditioning, which again, you know, is my jam. So Mercury, the planet of intellect, critical thinking, and communication, started this retrograde in gate two, 
the gate of the direction of the self, which is 180 degrees across that wheel of zodiac from gate one, which we were just talking about. So gate two is all about where we are headed and how we are getting there. And that that direction is directed by our ethics, our morals, our values, our sense of identity, our sense of integrity, because both gate one and two live in the self-center. So from the 21st through the 28th, when Mercury was retrograde in this gate, we were being asked to reflect on whether the direction we've been headed in is even the right one to begin with. And if we're sure that it is, are we on the right path to get there or does that path need adjustment? And have we clearly communicated where we're headed and why we're headed there to the people who need that communication? Mercury is going to move direct back through gate two starting on May 29th and that's going to allow us to move forward and implement what we discovered during this retrograde period. So right now through the seventh though, Mercury is moving backward with giant air quotes uh, through gate 24, the gate of rationalization. Gate 24 is all about our intellectual zone of genius, those places and spaces where we have a wealth and a depth of knowledge and a topic that literally just like clicks. It just makes sense to us. As someone who has a lot of first line energy in my chart, I resonate with Gate 24 a lot. And I know one of the things that I've struggled with and I've noticed other folks um, who I've read for have struggled with, especially in my own personal like previous career in education, was reading the perspectives of other scholars in my field whose research or educational perspective was different than mine or ran counter to Mind, especially when I was feeling exhausted or stressed out. It's like I didn't have the intellectual bandwidth to be challenged. And sometimes I tended to just like stay in that familiar intellectual pool where it felt comfortable and it felt safe. So this retrograde period is asking us to disrupt that pattern and step outside of our intellectual safe zone and make room for diverse perspectives and emerging research in our area of expertise so that we're both diversifying and deepening our own understanding and knowledge in our zone of genius. Finally, Mercury will transit gate 27 from May 7th through the 14th. You may remember gate 27 from her cameo in our discussion of the first solar eclipse in April. When Mercury moves retrograde through this gate, we're being asked to reflect on our communication within those mutually nurturing relationships. Have we asked for what we need to feel safe, supported, and cared for? And have we asked the other person what they need to feel safe, supported, and cared for? Have they communicated that to us? Are we giving support where it's asked of us? And are we receiving the support that we ask for? Many times our caretaker-caregiver relationships can get messy due to unclear or even lack of communication, and Mercury is giving us a full seven days to reflect on how we're speaking to and being spoken to by those we love so that we can have that space to disrupt those patterns that might not be serving the health of the relationship. Finally, the first of Pluto's retrograde periods in Gate 60 started yesterday, May 1st. Pluto, the planet of death and rebirth and of personal and collective transformation, will be retrograde in Aquarius in Gate 60, the Gate of Limitation, through June 11th. Now, Gate 60 is all about how we approach obstacles. Do we approach these obstacles with a pragmatic optimism and look for how to shift the obstacle into an opportunity? Or do we quit before we even begin, giving the obstacle the power of an omen that says, stop here, do not pass? The Aquarius lines of Gate 60 frame this gate's energy through the lens of humanitarianism, community care, and progressive collective ev evolution. It's giving pragmatic optimist energy and really wants us to step away from the rules and the structures and the frameworks we've used in the past because they haven't served everyone. In fact, so many of our systems and structures have left massive communities of people behind or even actively sought to disenfranchise them. And Aquarius in Gate 60 is like, to do better, we need to do different. 
Now, this retrograde period, I feel, is a disruption that's inviting us to look back at Pluto's short time in Aquarius thus far, which has brought us such bangers as Tucker Carlson's firing from Fox News, Don Lemon's firing from CNN, multiple criminal and civil investigations and lawsuits against the former president, Twitter ending its verification program and just generally imploding before our eyes. Think about how many times in the past few months and even the past few years we've heard someone on the news state, this is unprecedented. Well, we can thank the transit of Pluto out of a Capricorn and into Aquarius in this very gate, bringing transformation to our systems and structures and hopefully restoring the power to the people over the coming years. So during this retrograde, we need to look backward to look forward, especially as Pluto dips back into Capricorn governed lines of the gate, which love rules and precedent, causing us to maybe undercorrect in favor of tradition. We don't want to go back. We need to go forward. But we also need to make sure we aren't like lighting the entire system on fire just to watch it go in from flames, which is a massive overcorrection. We're going for balance here. The vibe we're going for is controlled regenerative burn, which requires patience, research and intentionality, which this first Pluto retrograde period is so generously providing. So on June 11th, Pluto will be still be retrograde in gate 60, but it's going to travel, quote unquote, back through, you know, it's not actually backwards, but you know what I mean, uh, through the lines of the gate that are governed by Capricorn, remaining retrograde in gate 60 until October 10th, 2023. So stay tuned for more on about this part of the transit in a later pod. That's it for this week's episode. If you're interested in shining a spotlight on your needle charts and understanding the finer points of your soul's contract for this lifetime, head on over to interiorcreature.com and click on the book a reading link on the menu bar. That'll open a page that explains all of the levels of readings that I offer so you can determine which one meets you where you are in your human design journey. And if you've been self-studying for a while and you're interested in taking all the epiphanies you've had about your energetics and start to deeply embody the highest, most compassionate, expansive expression of that energy, you're invited to join me in the Karmic Studies Elevator. For literally the cost of a reading, you'll receive 30 days of access to personalized curriculum to help you deepen your knowledge of your unique energetics, as well as bi-weekly community coaching, where we talk transits, charts and astry, shadow work, and just generally nerd out about all things human design, the gene keys, and astrology. Go ahead and do interiorcreature.com and click on the link in the menu bar that says Karmic Studies Elevator for more information. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hang in there during this last, like, gasp of eclipse season and I will talk to you next week.